there are some lies in our science books. Taught it for 15 years. Even though I'm not teaching it anymore, I still like to study. It's so many neat things to learn. We're going to cover some of that tonight. Perception is being managed. We are being steered and guided by a hidden hand. The whole world has been duped by the media that is not real. <laughs> smart thinking, possible time traveler, smart thinking. That night, boom, contact memory. And then, Alex, if you don't agree, you'll be sent to a re-education camp. Just because I'm old doesn't mean I've lost my touch with the ladies. A lot of people here today felt like they lost. You know why? Now, experts are suggesting that we're in a golden age of shape-shifting reptilian sightings. Now, why is that? I was, and still am, a huge conspiracy guy. I literally ran out of new tin hat topics to research. It was most definitely not capable of melting steel. Then I would be a crackpot if I thought that was that was the the case. Thought that was that was the the case. Welcome to the Hypothetical Institute, a podcast about conspiracies. My name is Luke. I'm Salty. I'm Cam. How is everyone? I'm all right, thanks. How are you guys? Good, yeah. good, good. Thanks for asking. What are we talking about, Robbo? We are talking about Alistair Cra- <laughs> What is happening here? this? I don't know what's going on. And Mr. Crowley, <laughs> what they done in your head? <laughs> oh, Mr. Crowley. Did you talk to the dead? Your lifestyle to me seems so tragic. All the thrill of it all. You're fooling the people with magic. Why are you waiting on Satan's call? Elsa Crowley? Mr. Crowley. Yep. Yeah. That's all my research. Anton Luther. <laughs> <laughs> How much research have you done? He's like, I've worked out the whole opening synth of Mr. Crowley. <laughs> but I was the old support. <laughs> nah, that's, you, not, that's not actually all. I wish you had told me, and then I wouldn't have been confused <laughs> and said things to ruin it at the start. But the confused bit was the best bit. Yeah. <laughs> the best bit was you go to camp. Do you yes. know about this? He's like, Muh. Oh, I knew he was at that point. Next minute. He's got no poker face. So, we're going to be talking about Alistair Crowley and Anton LaVey. The two big evils of history. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, I noticed one of the... Uh, Anton LaVey was like the most evil man in the world, they called him. And they had to call him that because they'd wasted the good name, the most wicked, the wickedest man in the world on <laughs> Alistair Crowley. The wickedest man in the world is more of a British name. Mm. Evil is more English, uh, American. Yeah. Weird thing is, Crowley could have had the evil one. It's like, when they were coming up with the names, they're like, oh, he's more wicked than evil. He's just wicked. He's just a wicked boy. No, wicked's pretty like... If you're a Brit, turn of the century, 1900, you get called Wicked. Oh. So we're going to talk about those two because it's a thing we've come back to again and again as we've been doing this podcast is that so much of what we talk about is just underpinned by the belief that there's some sort of satanic or black magic conspiracy going on. Yeah. So even things where it's not immediately clear that there's Satanist afoot. If you were to actually pin someone down and say, so why do you think this is happening? They'd be like, well, it's because of the satanic thing. I just didn't need to mention it. Obviously, we all know. Mm. So we thought we'd take a look at a couple of the big big blokes of uh, Satanism and black magic. Heavy hitters, so to speak. Mm. Take a deep dive. Well, as deep as we go. Yeah, Yeah, half an hour's worth for each. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I did see... Well, I'll give a warning, actually. Mm. Some of what we're going to talk about today is a little bit graphic. Mm. I did see there was a video on YouTube. It was like a deep dive into Alistair Crowley. It was by the How Stuff Works conspiracy podcast offshoot, things I don't want you to know about. Yeah. <laughs> and they'd done a video on Alistair Crowley. It was like three minutes long. And then they followed it up with their, a deep dive into Alistair Crowley, which was like six minutes long. Double, uh, double the dive. <laughs> <laughs> but in the deep dive, the whole point of the video was, uh, oh, there was a lot of things we couldn't tell you in our Alistair Crowley video because we're the fucking How Stuff Works video series and some of it was just too disturbing. And we're also not going to tell you in this video <laughs> <laughs> because it's still too disturbing. It's still the same channel. It's like one of those um, Simpsons After Dark or whatever they advertise on TV yeah. where it would make it look like it was going to be a little bit racier. You know, ooh, what are they going to be doing? And it was just The Simpsons. Yeah. We are going to talk about the things that they wouldn't talk about on How Stuff Works, though. As cooked as they might be. So we're, we're going to start with Crowley, right? Yeah. Do, are we setting people up for a massive anticlimax? No, no, it's fine. You don't reckon? Mm, nah, it'd be fine. So, Alastair Crowley, born Edward Crowley mm-hmm. in uh, October 1875, died December 1947. Mm. Quite a life. He did live indeed. He did. Uh, given the nickname of the Beast by his mum when he was a little <laughs> kid. <laughs> so the thing is, like, I'm the Beast 666. It was like his thing all through his life. It's like... Literally, you only have that name because your mum was like, oh, he's, he's a, bit, a bit much. <laughs> he's a bit much sometimes. Do you think if she had given him another nickname, like... Things might have turned out differently. Yeah, yeah. He would have been a lovely little man. Maybe. Well, he. the thing about Crowley is he grew up in uh, a religious order or maybe even a sect, you could say, called the Plymouth Brethren. Which uh, I don't know if you know much about, like the exclusive brethren. A little bit. They're like an offshoot. Are they in New Zealand? Yeah, yeah. They have a few in our town. 
Yeah, we had a few in um, our town too. Did they own a farming shop? No, they mm. just they had um, they had like a they moved into like the old RSL building for their like their <laughs> services, right? But then they couldn't like talk to anyone, and then like I remember walking home from my fast food job one Sunday, and one of them was like, "You're a sinner." I was like, "Ah, oh, whatever." <laughs> 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 classic, classic small town bands. Yeah, <laughs> but they're um they're quite well known in Australia for like uh, dipping their wick into like the into politics in like the early two thousands. Mm. Even though they're supposed to be like completely uh, separated from society, mm. there was a whole controversy where they were like funding. I think they were putting out like anti gay propaganda and stuff. A church putting out anti gay propaganda. Yeah, but the, this. There was like a weird thing to it because they were, you know, they weren't supposed to be participating, and like they, I think they financed like liberal party stuff. Mm. But they do it. They're like, oh, we're not doing it ourselves. We're doing it through an intermediary. It's like, right, eh? <laughs> dial it in. Anyway, the point is, <laughs> um, like a hundred and something years earlier, Alistair Crowley was born into the Plymouth Brethren, from which the Exclusive Brethren sort of are an offshoot, but reasonably strict Christian order. Then uh, he gets sent off to school. Again, reasonably strict Christian schools. I think that uh, he described like the headmaster of one of the schools as a sadist. Mm. So he had a bit of a rough time of it. Mm. And I think the uh, general idea that people have about Crowley is that the rest of his life is sort of spent rebelling against that upbringing. Against the, the church? And yeah, the- against the church and like the... All of that. How did he go about that? What was his? Well, so he goes to Cambridge. Mm-hmm. Is he studying? What's, what was he studying? Uh, theatre or poetry or something? Yeah, something not that exciting. Yeah. There is a conspiracy theory about his time at Cambridge, Ooh. which then sort of leads into other stuff. This is just some guy who wrote a book about him. came out this. Uh, they reckon he was recruited by intelligence services. Oh, uh, yeah. That kept on coming up when I was looking at it. We are like... Every time he was overseas or interacted with anyone, they thought it was because he was working for the intelligence service. Yeah. So, like, at one point he goes to Russia and they're like, clearly that's, like, an intelligence service thing to do. Yeah. And then there was another time when he went to China, I think, and they're like, oh, they sent him to check out the opium dens. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, well, an alternative theory might be that this bloke massively loved opium. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, he's not a good person to do covert missions with. Because he's a very public figure by this point. Or maybe he's the best person to do covert missions. No. So overt that you wouldn't even think to pop a C on the front of it. But, like, people were trying to... What? Oh, yeah, good. (laughs) (laughs) It took me way longer. Yeah. Like, he was a public figure that also was probably risking arrest. Yeah, he was carrying carrying on like a pork chop. But he he did love opium and he did love... He loved stupid hats, so Russia was a good fit there as well. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Also read that he was supposedly involved in the overthrow of the Spanish government at one point as part of his covert, covert. intelligence <laughs> operations. Uh, so he did join the Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn in 1894, mm. which was a, sort of a, one of these magical orders. And I think this ties in with that Spanish thing because the, uh, the leader of that was uh, some sort of weird, I don't think I wrote it down. I don't think, I don't think it was important. It's like a some weird Spanish faction he mm. belonged to. 
and he was maybe sent to like keep an eye on that. Right. So he joins that and he gets interested in magic. Well, he, he was like clearly interested in magic already, but he joins that and then his interest in magic grows. He especially becomes interested in Enochian magic. Mm-hmm. Did you see much about this? No. I did a lot more into his later years, okay. which we'll get to later on. So Enochian magic was, it's like the the language of angels. Oh, yeah. So someone, it was all very vision-based. Someone had a, a vision at some point where they uh, got all of these visions from angels mm. and all of these messages that they wrote down and they managed to you know, sort of translate and come up with a English to angel speak. I feel like that would take longer than most people have. Oh, it's only 24 letters though. It's actually easier than English. Right, okay. But so, um, so angels speak in letters? Well, no, if they needed to write something down. Yeah, okay. Otherwise they'd just be like... Oh. How many letters? 24. 24. Right, so they just dumped off useless letters like Z yeah. and Q, <laughs> X. Yeah. Angels don't need X-rays or xylophones. <laughs> They've got their harps. Yeah. Yeah. But sort of the idea behind the language is that it was like the language that was originally spoken by God in the beginning mm. and then in the garden by Adam and Eve. And then when they got were thrown out of the garden, they forgot the language well, they couldn't speak it anymore and all they could sort of... They came up with Hebrew, mm. which was sort of what they could remember. Yeah. But it, was like, it wasn't quite the right language. And then you have the um, Tower of Babel where the whole, you know, the whole world mm. is split into all these different languages. So it all gets completely forgotten until some bloke has the bright idea to you know, have a sneaky little puff on a mushroom and he, it all comes <laughs> flowing back. <laughs> Which, it all sounds stupid, but all these guys are into it. Yeah. And yeah, uh, Crowley amongst them. Uh, he has a storied life. Yes. So, he goes to all these different countries. He was in India for a while. He's, well, yeah, he was really well-traveled, wasn't he? Yeah. He, sh- he had to leave India because he shot someone. Right. Shot a mugger. It's, I watched, so, I watched a BBC doco about uh, Crowley. It was, it's called The Wickedest Man in the World. And it's like, it was weird the sort of slant they took on things. Because in some parts of it, it was like a massive hit piece. Mm. So one of the things about him is he was an accomplished climber. And he he takes this ill-fated climbing trip to some mountain with a really long... Oh, uh, yeah, like the hardest mountain to climb in India, basically. Yeah. And so they're doing this climbing expedition and eventually like the rest of his expedition mutinies they're like oh you're, you're a dickhead crowley stop telling us what to do yeah we know how to do our crampons we don't, we don't do sex sex rituals yeah got a mountain to climb i don't think he, i don't think he was under the sex ah, rituals yet he was thinking about it he was thinking about it he's like you know hey uh everyone anyone a bit cold <laughs> yeah we're all cold we're on a mountain crowley mm, what if we could keep warm somehow <laughs> right oh alistair <laughs> So they're on this mountain. Everyone's like, we're sick of your shit, Crowley. We're off. Now, in some tellings of this, he's like, he warns them all. He's like, no, it's too dangerous. Mm. And they're like, no, we're going anyway. And they all die. In like this BBC doco, they're like, uh, Crowley sipped his tea as they all went <laughs> off to their death. <laughs> so that's a, it's like a real hit. Yeah. But then on the other hand, there's the, the time that he actually shot someone and they like don't even mention that. Right. <laughs> So, so after that, he's sort of kicked out of climbing. I think it probably drives him further into magic. Yeah. Yeah, if I can't climb, 
magic. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if I can't climb up, yeah. I'll climb down. A lot of stuff happens. Yep. He takes a lot of lovers. Yep. Uh, Male and female. Yep. He loved it. Mm-hmm. Just all peoples. He ends up taking one lover. I can't remember what his name was. It was something Newberg, mm. some bloke. And uh, oh, this bit fucking magic pilled me, Robbo. <laughs> why, why did it magic pill you? Cam, stop getting pilled. So magic pilled. It's magic twice pilled. Now. Yeah, yeah. This is a this bit's a huge turning point in his uh, sort of career. He and this guy Newberg, they go out to the desert in like Algeria, mm. and they like hike for two days through the desert, just off their faces. Yeah, <laughs> on uh, various drugs, and then they finally find some spot and they uh, do like a uh, a ritual to raise. Uh, Charonzon, who's like the, the keeper of the abyss or something. Mm. Essentially, they're opening the gates to hell and calling forth Satan. Then there's a sneaky bit of a sex act yep. involved. Well, if you're going to get Satan involved, you might as well. Yeah. And so the story is that as Crowley climaxes, he's like, ah, oh, sex magic, that's the trick. Now, here's where I got magic pilled. Yeah. Like, if you want to get gobbed off in the desert. Yeah. You can just go to Bunnings and, like, go to the way they keep the sand. And, like, <laughs> use your imagination. <laughs> and like, who's going who's gonna to stop you? Who's going to be like, all right, that's enough gobbing? I mean, I don't think it was the sand that was the key to this. All right, you don't need to do a two-day hike through a hot desert. Pop up to Maranong Bunnings. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, even just the outer edge of the Algerian desert. Yeah. Like, I can't imagine Algeria... I don't know much about it, but I imagine the deserts, you know, you can pop out for the afternoon. You don't have to go two days in. Yeah. So what you're saying is they went all this way, did all this effort. Why would they do that? If magic wasn't body real. Yeah. Um, I think it's probably the drugs. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. And also, like, this is a bit of an adventure. Yeah. Like, oh, hey, we're just going to go a little bit into the desert and maybe take one drug. And we're back by tea time. Hmm. <laughs> or we're going to go two days, take a lot of drugs and just do this thing deep in the desert. Yeah, that sounds way cooler. Yeah, all right. Now, here's was another weird thing about this doco, which mm. like massively is taking pot shots every, any, any chance they can get. Yeah. But then they describe this desert thing and they get this like old BBC talking head on. Uh, and he says, this is the quote, he knew... And this sounds a weird thing to say. He knew that magic works. See? Yeah. Mm. Proof. Yep. <laughs> we don't believe in it nowadays, but in point of fact, all that you're really doing is trying to persuade forces that do exist outside this world to come into this world. And to do so, you have to serve as that passage yourself to a large extent. That's the reason the magician gets inside the circle and stays inside the circle. Now, Crowley liked playing with fire. He drew the circle around Newberg and he himself was outside the circle. Well, magicians don't do that. It really is dangerous. You know, people can go mad. They suddenly hear voices inside their heads and they can't get that they can't get rid of. Now Crowley was such a basket that he was more or less immune. He can just jump in and out of magic circles. So he trapped his mate in a circle. Yeah. And then did the magic, rather than being in the circle himself. Yeah. Just seems like a bit of a dick move, really. You can't be getting in and out of the circle. Uh, 
Although he says this guy, this talking head was like, oh, you know, you'd start hearing voices or whatever. So there was an incident where there were, I think there were a few incidences where Crowley started hearing voices. Mm. He wrote it all down. He's like, ah, right. And sneaky little message from (laughs) from the devil. (laughs) Write that down. I think his missus also went a little bit mad. They, um, I think he abandoned her at one point and it drove her crazy. Mm. And, uh, the, the child ended up dying and it completely, and cut her out. Yeah, a few dick moves. Yeah, all around. Cut the child out. No, no, he, he like cut the mother out of his oh, life. Of yeah. his life. Moved on. Uh, Ooh, things. I thought you got very casually dark for a second there. <laughs> when he, but after this Tron's on thing, that's when he's like sex magic. That's the one. Yeah, is that when he joined the the OTO after that, which was the German? I think it was a German founded Templar offshoot. Yeah, I think it might be. And then, it's my understanding he did that and then started his own kind of religion called Thalama, which yeah. is the separate belief. But when he joined the OTO, he like buddied up to them. And I don't think some of them liked him, some of them did quite like him. He buddied up and managed to get to a, a high power, a high point, and then convinced him to let him rewrite a lot of their rituals. Mm. Just filled it full of sex stuff. Yeah. yeah. Just says like if you're initiating someone, it has to be anally, anal sex. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I think it sounds like he just quite liked a little bit of, yeah, yeah. and just convinced everyone else to come on board with him. Yeah. When did he invent blood sugar? That was, <laughs> <laughs> don't think that was him. Okay. There's probably a reference to that though, right? I, that's what I was thinking, surely. Or unless it's a, he was doing a lot of heroin at the time. Mm. Anthony Kiedis. Yeah. So. Maybe he was channeling bloody lamb. Same yeah. <laughs> interdimensional beings that Crowley was channeling. Did you guys read much about Thelema? I, re- I, uh, I saw about the Abbey of Thelema. What was the Abbey of Thelema? That was uh, like this house that he, like a commune that he started in Italy. Yeah. We'll get back to the uh, to the lamb in a minute, I think. So, <laughs> what do you want to go into the lamb now? Oh, I've got I've got a little lamb. Uh, <laughs> Mary over there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the Abbey of Thelema was like a little commune he started in Italy. Yeah. It was this house where basically more fucking... He loved it. Yeah. And he convinced a bunch of other people to come and fuck with him. A lot of rooting. A lot of rooting. <laughs> a lot of rooting going on. Uh, but things sort of like, they're like, oh, what are some like new ways of rooting we can do? And they just went through all the roots. Yeah. Animals. To, well, yeah. Involved. It got to the thing. This is, I think, what uh, the How Stuff Works podcast didn't want to include. Probably the most extreme thing Uh was they got someone to root a goat mm. or to get a goat to root a lady. Mm. And then at uh, the moment of climax of the goat. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, not of the lady, which it seems like, like, I don't want to be too critical, but it seems like it would be easier to gauge. But Yeah, but that's a lot of pressure on the goat. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Th- thank you, Saldi, for saying it more gently than I, I was thinking. <laughs> Anyway, as the goat climaxes, they would slit the goat's throat. Yeah. Fair enough. You can't put that in your How Stuff Works YouTube video. <laughs> yeah. uh, what happened to the goat after that? It was just a good sacrifice. I think just a good, great sacrifice. Do they eat the goat, do you think? Bit of curry. You're in Italy. Make a ragu. Anyway, uh, there was a bit of that going on. Apparently, after that, that's when things started to go a bit bad. Yeah, right. Abby of Thelma. Oh, I, just, I guess they ran out of things to do. Uh, they did have i think they did have a room in there called uh the nightmare room Mm. 
which just had heaps of like cooked paintings and like weird disturbing poetry written on the walls and like he'd load some up on mushies and send them in there just watch <laughs> just have a look at, just watch those paintings for a bit uh in the bbc doco that i watched uh they had like a guy go into the like the now abandoned abbey mm. and he's in there with his shaky video camera from the 90s and he starts like reading stuff off the walls it's like have you caught evil dead lately dickhead don't read in possible incantations unless you want a bloody chorons on situation so you can you still go to the abbey i think well it was still there in the 90s it might be gone now still stands today i've just looked it up but they'll uh, get at some point they'll get kicked out of Italy by Mussolini. Yeah, <laughs> he's like, "All right, that's enough." I think he let them go for a while. Like everyone kind of knew what was happening there, and it was reported. And then I'm not sure what triggered it, but yeah, yeah, I think maybe the church was unhappy. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, right. So then what happened? He went back to Britain. Uh, I think he, yeah, he got around. I know. That, I know that what eventually happened is that he ended up dying penniless. Right. Uh, he tried to sue, at one point. Uh, he tried to sue someone for saying he was involved in black magic. It's like oh, that's not a lawsuit you're going to win, Alistair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, but it's just like a, an attempt to get some money. The problem I had with this one yeah. was there was so much stuff. Mm. Like he just had quite the life. A lot of it was like you know, as, as we said, he was involved in espionage or allegedly involved in espionage mountain climbing, shooting people in India, starting one religion, joining another, rewriting the... So there's so many little bits and pieces to this one that was like, oh, so much. So what do we... I guess what is our overall impression before we get into the more Cook stuff? He seems like he was a massive dickhead. Right. (laughs) I don't know. I think my overall impression is that, like, uh, he was quite wicked. Hmm. But that, you know, when I said before, like all of this stuff feeds into heaps of the stuff we talk about. I think it's just the general idea yeah, of there having been somebody doing black magic. Yeah, yeah. It's just a name. It was writing it's, down all the rituals. It's and, just a brand. Yeah. yeah. Like, oh, you know. Because the other thing is after he dies, he becomes quite popular with like uh, musicians, mm. like the Beatles, the Rolling Stones. Yeah, well, he was sort of considered one of the big influences of the counterculture of the 60s and stuff. Yeah. It's like, whoa, Mr. Crowley, let's read his stuff. Yeah, yeah. So it's kind of that, I guess it's like metal and Satan kind of a thing. You, yeah. You know, it's it's a fun little cultural or countercultural touch point. Like, ah, mm. oh, yeah, we're not, we're not down with your rules. We like people that are... Yeah. Screwing goats and slitting throats. Wearing big fucking <laughs> pointy triangle Illuminati hats. Yeah. yeah I mean, <laughs> good flow before, Robert. Thank you. But yeah, it's, it's like, is he the, he's the guy that came up with Do As Thou Wilt. Yes. That's his, that's his thing. I feel like when the Beatles are like, oh yeah, Alistair Crowley, they're like, yeah, Do As Thou Wilt. That's a good little philosophy. But they're probably not like, oh, let's read his uh, third book of sex magic spells. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Cool, uh, cool philosophy. Hey, yeah, cool, cool. When are we rooting goats? <laughs> <laughs> Oi, John. <laughs> when are we rooting the goats? <laughs> oh, I don't know, Ringo. I knew it would be Ringo. I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us about Lamb. Well, Lamb was a, a being or a, a type of being. 
that he channeled in one of his bloody ritually things. Mm. Um, and and he, he drew a picture. So he, uh, I saw he'd opened a portal. Yeah. One of his portal opening ceremonies. And uh, brought forth this creature yeah. called Lamb, he, which translates to something um, Hindu or something. It translates to the way or the one who shows the way or something like that. But he, he drew a little picture of it, which mm. a lot of people will go, hang on a second. That looks familiar. It just looks like, well, it, back then they didn't go, hang on, that looks familiar. But when the little gray aliens started showing up oh, in yeah. more modern times. The big bulbous heads. It's like, hang on, we've seen this before. Yeah. Someone's drawn this before. And people think, is did he, did he encounter an alien? Or... Did he open a portal that couldn't be closed again and brought forth these creatures into our realm? And the people who encounter greys are actually encountering these interdimensional beings. Funny you say that. When did you say that he died, Cam? Uh, 1947. You know what else happened about that time that he died in 1947? Uh, the bloody crash at Roswell. A little crash at Roswell. Oh. The theory is that his death unleashed that lamb back. And so his inclination... So he was holding them back this whole time. Well, I think so. Like, he, he brought Lamb into from... So the aliens, they're not really in the universe as we know it, and he's brought them through a portal into our universe. His death has brought them into the universe. Uh, or, or, yeah, stop holding them back. He was also good friends with Jack Parsons. Yeah, we talked about him. Yeah. In, in the... Um, the music episode, or last episode. Yeah. Um, Parsons, a rocket scientist. Uh, a little, little bit of reading about him. He was mates with L. Ron Hubbard. Mm. Uh, he was betrayed by L. Ron Hubbard. Well, yeah. So he was with this lady who was the sister of his first wife or first well, long-term girlfriend, basically. Ditched her for her sister. L. Ron Hubbard comes along. She gets she ditches him for L. Ron Hubbard. Uh, but, then, move. but then they worked together and they did a whole bunch of uh, Thelemic rituals designed to in- invoke the Thelemic goddess mm. that, that Crowley kind of invented. Uh, but then Aaron Hubbard and the lady defrauded him and all his life savings. Uh, and he just kind of bounced around and didn't do much. Uh, he was accused of espionage at one point, but that was about it. So he died in... Uh, I didn't write down when he died, but... A month after he died, guess what happened? I don't know. UFOs started popping up in Washington. Mm. Apparently, according to this video I watched, Washington was besieged. With UFOs. Besieged. Besieged a month after. Parsons died. Yep. Interesting. Yep. Because there is a theory amongst like some of these Christian guys where they're like, oh, there's not going to be an alien invasion. There'll be a demonic invasion. And the yeah. idea is that all of these aliens are just demons. Yeah. yeah. I also, but then all of these demons could just be aliens. I also watched a, um, a video that claimed to be the 11th order of the OTO, the, the other religion, uh, an initiation ritual. And I clicked on it. I thought, oh, this is going to be good. And it was just some old-timey footage of, like, uh, a little girl and a man dancing, like in a musical, like yeah. a movie musical. And But throughout the footage, it was like every third or fourth frame would like jump. So it's really freaky. Yeah. And I watched what was in between the frames and it was just kind of like an offset frame. So it's just the same footage. Yeah. And I watched it. I'm like, well, well this isn't a ritual. 
And then the text at the end said, like, gotcha. Oh, no. Um, we can't do Rick Rolls anymore. So I just used some public public domain footage. I'm like, wait, what? Well, <laughs> why cool. can't you do Rick Rolls? Sort of I don't roll? know. And then I watched another one. It's one doing a, a ritual or a summoning something in the OTO um, manner. And it's just this dude. It looked like a hotel room. You know how hotel rooms have like a diagram if there's a fire on the back of the door? Hmm. There's one of those, but it was all just kind of one room. It was a bit messy. So it might have been just like a bed set or whatever. But this guy was like wearing, <laughs> wearing jean shorts, like half length, like maybe down to his uh, past his knees, jorts going on and black T-shirt. And he's just doing like this really dumb looking like <laughs> ritual thing, breathing in. But I think he had multiple cameras set up. Or he had done it multiple times with different camera angles. Because, mm. like, every time you do something intense, it would zoom in on his face at another angle. Uh, people in the comments were ripping on him. <laughs> <laughs> One guy uh, said, maybe you should ask the gods for some better furniture. <laughs> uh, and then, then I found another video that was titled Church of the OTO Infiltrated by a Dumb Redneck. <laughs> and this guy uh, who calls himself Hambone Little Tail, <laughs> sitting on a rock, bare feet, old old man, uh, telling about he was on the Yahoo personals one day looking for ladies. Yeah. Met this lady who was the high priestess of the OTO. Went along to a couple of rituals uh, and like there's nudity and some sort of sex rituals. And he was like, oh, that's a bit, bit weird. My, my lady's kind of naked and there's all these people, people around. And, oh, uh, well, I'm along for the ride. Yeah, went in Rome. <laughs> um, and then... So then they had a big party, like a big ritual thing. And he's like, you know, it was kind of weird. They were doing all their rituals and stuff. But you'd never believe what I saw. Painted bunting birds, the rare buntings. You never see them. There's a whole flock of them. While they were in there doing the rituals, I just went out there. He just looked at the buntings. It was amazing. We broke up a few days later, but it was worth it. <laughs> so uh, old handbone little tail. <laughs> Yeah, he, uh, he he made the most of the uh, the rituals. Yeah, it's awesome. I love a guy called Hambone. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I looked up the painted bunting birds. Yeah, they're pretty cool birds. Yeah, I'd cool, be happy to see one. Cooler than getting your D absolutely W with a bunch of Satanists. Mm. Oh, look! If you've already been involved in a ritual, maybe you want to check out some buntings. All right, a bloody classic little conspiracy involving Alistair Crowley. Mm. You wouldn't uh, believe who he's the grandfather of. Only one George W. Bush. What? Really? Well. One of those, one of those tenuous claims. Depends how far you want to stretch it. Yeah. <laughs> so the idea is that uh, George W. Bush's grandmother was friends with someone who knew Alistair Crowley. Oh. And uh, she went to France to visit that person mm. in like the 20s. Mm. And... At the time, although here's the thing, Alistair Crowley like would write down every like sex thing that he did in his diaries, and this doesn't actually appear in his diaries. Although there are some pages missing, etc. So she's there, and at the time, he apparently took part in something called the ordeal, which sounds like a massively made-up Crowley thing. Yeah. Where apparently the person going through the ordeal has to partake in every sexual act with uh, their two courtesans who will uh, take them to the extremes of sexual exhaustion with every sexual implement known to man. 
Jeez. That sounds like, all right, Alistair. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you've booked out, a, oh, it's a long weekend coming up. Can yeah. we, how can we fill that? <laughs> but uh, so this is where you have to stretch it a little bit. They're Hang like, on. clearly it would be this woman who he knew, one of his trusted confidants, and this other random woman that he barely knew. Well, of course it'd be her as well. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Eight months later, guess who's body squeezing out George H.W. Bush? Oh, his mum. Or Barbara Bush or something. Yeah. Right. Yeah, no, squeezing out Barbara Bush. Or squeezing out Barbara whatever, who yeah. then marries George H.W. Bush. Okay, yeah. Who then gives birth to George Bush. Yeah. Bum, bum, bum. Uh, nine months is the... Full term. Ever heard of a sneaky little preemie, mate? Oh, yeah, fair point. Um, a little something to back this up. Even though, Do you want to know the thing that just massively destroys it? Right. Okay, so like the first instance of this coming up is on the internet in like, I guess, the 2000s. Okay. And it was on an article that was released on April 1st. Right, okay. <laughs> but um, there's I watched this video that was like so certain it was real and the thing that really backed it up for them was at the 2002 White House press correspondence dinner. Mm. You know how they always get the president to do a little stand-up set? Yeah. You know, a perfectly normal thing Yeah, but it happens every year? Just as an aside, as if that's not an Illuminati hum- humiliation ritual, right? <laughs> like, doesn't it, wouldn't, <laughs> doesn't it make no sense that we're like, oh, let's have the president do an annual stand-up set? It's not so much a stand-up set. It's more of just a kind of a, a light-hearted... Speech, right? Let's get the president to be roasted. Yeah. And then to do a tight five. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the Barbara Bush thing, yeah. there's a website called AC2012, which is like, I think it might have been a fake, let's get Alistair Crowley elected in 2012 <laughs> thing, <laughs> which spawned a whole, is he a time traveler? Is he oh. going to turn up in 2012, whatever? But this website had an article, bunch of a listicle that was like top 10 conspiracy theories we've busted about Alistair Crowley. And one of them was the Barbara Bush thing. And it was just basically saying, nah. But they they made a point of mentioning twice, like they're so butthurt that Snopes hasn't picked up on it <laughs> and disproved it. They're just like, look, unfortunately, Snopes is still not across this. It's like, guys, <laughs> I think they're dealing with other things. Well, the reason Snopes can't deal with it, though, is because they would have seen this White House press correspondence dinner mm. where, so just to actually say what it is rather than my commentary on the yeah, yeah. massive humiliation <laughs> ritual. So George W. Bush gets up there and he's like, oh, we've got a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of journalists here, a lot of celebrities, Ozzy Osbourne's here, and Ozzy Osbourne's in the audience. Ugh. Ozzy stands up, just throwing the horns, he's hey, like, hey, there he is. Hey, hey, goes on way too long. <laughs> George W. Bush is like, oh, maybe that was a mistake mentioning that. Like he says that. He's like, oh, maybe that was a mistake. Yeah. I was, I was like, yeah. Then he sits down. Yeah. And George W. Bush is like, thank you. I've, you know, I've got a bit to do here. He's like, uh, you know, Ozzy, you've, uh, you've written some great songs. <laughs> he starts rattling off Black Sabbath songs. You know, Sabbath, bloody Sabbath, yeah. blah, blah, blah. And then gets to the punchline. He's like, my mum loves you. Oh. Now, it works on a number of levels. Firstly, there's the level where it's like, oh, it's funny that George W. Bush was like rattling off Black Sabbath song titles. Yeah. 
And there's a second level where it's like, uh, it's actually his mum that loves Black Sabbath. Mm. And then there's a third level where it's a cheeky little nod on a wink. But also... Not a wink to what, though? Because Ozzy Osbourne isn't... To the rest of the Illuminati. Oh, because of Mr. Crowley. The Ozzy Osbourne song. Yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah, they they did have to... Under, in the video, they had to underpin it by playing the song again. Right. <laughs> like, remember Ozzy Osbourne did that song? Um, He's not actually Alistair Crowley, though. It doesn't yeah. make that much sense. And he'd be there because of the whole, like, weird turn that... Ozzy Osbourne took in the 90s, in the late, sorry, in the early 2000s, where he was a comedy reality TV star. Yeah. It was a weird little turn. It was. Not his weirdest turn, though. No, he did bite the head off a bat. Well, that's not even what I was talking about. If you look at, like, Mr. Crowley videos on YouTube, like live performances, like, if you look at the recent ones where he's in his full goth Prince of Darkness outfit, Mm. he's kind of still managing to sing. I think it's like the one thing that sort of in, like muscle memory takes over. <laughs> Plus, I think they give him auto cues now as well. So yeah, he's, he's nailing it. <laughs> but it's not like a Bob Dylan or a who's the guy from Ian Anderson. From it's Jethro not Ian Anderson from Jethro Tull. Like he's still getting the job done. But then you watch like an early '80s Ozzy Osbourne live video before they'd settled on uh, we're going to be goths or we're going to have this gothic thing. Yeah, and he's like wearing his. Bright blue cowboy outfit, <laughs> but still singing Mr. Crowley. Yeah. <laughs> now that was a weird turn. Yeah. Also, I think he famously snorted a line of ants off the ground. Oh, yeah. While he's hanging out with Motley Crue. Oh, right. Were Motley and Crue impressed by that? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I think they were doing it as well. Yeah, I bet they were. I got some local gear. Yep. So the OTO, I spent a lot of time looking at the OTO. I got, kind of got sidetracked, but um, apparently they're infiltrating Sydney University. Really? This one's called What's Going On at Sydney University Auto Templi Orientis, which is the, the full name. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's just this kind of current alt-right guy going on about how like there's Kabbalah studies at Sydney University and why would they do that? Because OTO is all tied in with Kabbalah and stuff like that. Yeah. And then he mentions um, it's Podesta-related. Right. And I'm like, I don't know how he got to this point. Like yeah. he's just kind of looking at Kabbalah and stuff and then he went into the whole Marina Abramovich is part of the OTO and the Kabbalah and stuff. Okay. And I looked at all that and I think they were, like everyone's just got a bit mixed up. Yeah. Like, because she, Marina Abramovich, has done a lot of different rituals over the years. She's kind of a, a religious person, right, in terms of she goes and researches religions. And I think she said something once that might have been vaguely related to this. Um, and then he started talking about this uh, sex cult that was exposed in Australia. Yeah. That were the OTO. Uh, and it was Dr. Raina, Raina Mickelson, a psychologist who um, allegedly busted them, wrote this article about it, about like kids being killed and eaten and stuff by the OTO. Oh, yeah, that sounds like a real thing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and he says, you know, the media was slapped with a D notice, so they couldn't report on it. Oh, yeah, that could, the classic Australian legal thing of a D notice. Yeah, which hasn't been used for like decades. Yeah. Um, so D notice is a defence notice, so if you report on it, it's... Uh, going to be what is it uh, compromising national security yeah it's really, been, it's really a uk thing yeah definitely a big uk thing they have used it in australia but not for a long time yeah uh and he's like you know there's a d notice for this why would they do that when why? Did, when is this supposed to have happened 2006 okay because the i think the last like d notice in the uk sort of proved 
that the age of the DNOTUS was over. Yeah. Because I remember it was like it was about some sort of military contract or something, like a military contractor thing. Yeah, yeah. And all that happened is that the newspapers like would put a thing on the front page saying there's a D-notice. Yeah, yeah. We wish we could report on it. And then it was just all over Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> so 2006, well, the age of the D-notice is over. But yeah. go on, you insane all right lunatic. Um, I also looked it up and there was no, like, zero evidence that this D-notice existed. Yeah, why would there be? What What's there the is evidence of, it? though, is the two people that hosted the site that this article went up on, yeah. they didn't take it down in 2006, ended up in jail in 2008 <laughs> because they were defaming um, the church, basically, or defaming the OTO people, saying they're cannibals and rapists and all these things. Yeah. So they spent a few years in jail. Uh, I couldn't find too much more about Rain and Mickelson. So all you did was prove... Point, yeah. <laughs> um, Raina Mickelson, I figured that she's probably one of these sus people that like thinks she's doing massive things to help children, but really just maybe a little bit crazy, yeah. Uh, I couldn't find too much about her. She's got a couple of like found, or part of foundations and stuff that you know, educating about um, educating schools to stop pedophilia and things like that, right? But like the photos of the other people were part of the organization, none of them were professional, they're like candid shots of like. You know, you look at someone's LinkedIn and they've got a shot of them outside and it's low quality. And you're like, oh, <laughs> come on, mate. It's probably a professional thing. They're all kind of like that. So I was like, oh, it's probably not that. Yeah. Uh, anyway, that's my uh, OTO Australia gear. I um, read a, th- a thing on a website that was saying, talking about Jimmy Savile, classic fucking like evilman, posthumous evilman. Yep. Oh, he's an evilman while he's alive. Oh, yeah, but we no one really. Well, people. Well, lots figured, of people knew, but yeah. But yeah. Um, saying that he was the modern day Alistair Crowley. Right. Because he was, people thought he was a witch Did at they? some point. Yeah, apparently. He he said that himself. He was, would talk about like when he was younger and he'd go work in the steel yards or whatever with all his other working class blokes. Yep. They'd all go to work and he'd go to work in a white shirt. Then they'd all come out dirty as shit and he'd come out with his gleaming white shirt. And they all thought he was a witch because he never got dirty. Sounds like just a lazy worker to me. Massive shirker. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, you know, he was like a massive pedo. And people have suggested that he might have been an interdimensional being. So it was Crowley an interdimensional being in this scenario then? Uh, No, no. uh, Jimmy Savile. Right. Which would explain the shirt. Mm. Just pop into another universe. He was very influential amongst his peers Mm. and stuff. Mm. He always threw up a lot of magical signs with his hands and fingers and stuff. And a lot of the things he said, his catchphrases, have alternate magical meanings. I can't remember what one of them was. Jingle jangle, something he used to say. But um, he was also a seventh son. Right. What's the seventh son? Well, there was six. means he had six brothers before he came along. Oh, right. Seventh son is supposed to be like the one with magical powers. Ah. Now, to be... Correct within the folklore of Seventh Son. I do think it needs to be a Seventh Son of, of a Seventh, seventh Son. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But there was no mention of his dad. So his dad might have also been a Seventh Son. I don't know. But yeah. why I don't get why people like find a massive pedo like this and go like, oh man, we need to find some dirt on him. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Let's say he's a Satanist. Yeah. It's like. We've got him. We've got him. We don't need to. The pedo gear is enough. Yeah, yeah. Like it's that's horrible enough. Let's not escalate this into something worse. 
Uh, little conspiracy about Alistair Crowley I came across was that he was actually the curse of Tutankhamun. Ooh. So, you know, they uh, they dig up old King Tut. Yep. Hi, everyone involved starts dropping off the perch. Mm. Now, is it the curse of Tutankhamun? Or is it, you know, just a bunch of random occurrences? Mm. Or was it a serial killer, Alistair Crowley... Poisoning people, getting into people's heads, convincing them to shoot their husbands, etc., etc. Jeez. It's like a bad dude. There's a whole book about it. London's Curse by Mark Bainan. Where do we land on Alistair Crowley? Bad dude. Bad, bad dude. Bad dude. LeVay. Anton Sazander LeVay, to be exact. Or to be even more exact, uh, Howard Stanton Levy. Yeah. <laughs> Way less exciting. Yeah. He uh, he was, wasn't was a very exciting guy. No. Like, so, who was com- he? Compared to Crowley. Yeah. All right. Uh, born 1930 to, like, a normal family. Yep. Uh, at the age of 16... He goes and uh, joins the circus, and this is where he uh, he gets circus pilled, and which puts him on his path to to forming the Church of Satan. Mm. And by circus pilled, I mean Saturday night they're out there doing their sort of bawdy late night show, mm. and he's like, "Hang on a second, we're doing our bawdy late night shows. Sunday mornings we're doing our tent revivals, you know." Getting as much use out of this massive tent as we can. Yeah. And can't help but notice the same people that come in to the old Saturday night boardy show, the same people rocking up Sunday morning in their Sunday best. Yeah. He begrits a lot of them. Mm. And he's become cynical about the church. And it's like, we talk about, you know, Crowley spent his life rebelling against his childhood. I think LeVay was just like, oh, yeah, I'm, these guys are Dickheads, I'm sort of just going <laughs> to highlight that a little bit. Yeah. I look cool doing it. Yeah, so founded the Church of Satan. Mm. Yeah. Kind of. I guess he did. Yeah. But really, like, what his message was, was it's all a bit silly mm. and you should just kind of be, like, a good person. Yeah. yeah. But he used the Satan side of it to shock people into being like, yeah. whoa, what's he talking about? This is so subversive. But really, I don't think he even believed in Satan. No. No. Satan was a metaphor. Yeah. And yeah, <laughs> but then he kind of got caught in limbo between looking the part, acting yeah. the part, but also saying it's just a metaphor. Yeah. See, when I was, I don't know, when I was in my late teens, early twenties, mm-hmm. got a copy of the Satanic Bible. Yeah. Because I was fucking a metal dude, and I was yeah, like, yeah. yeah, fucking read this. Yeah. Cracked it open, read it, and I was like, yeah, all right. <laughs> Sounds good, pretty good, you know, like just fucking live your life, do whatever you want, don't let it impact other people, be a good person. Cool. Yeah. Good good way to live your life. Yeah. <laughs> then uh, jump you know, on Usenet. Jump on the uh, the internet back in the late 90s, early or mid 90s, what? Uh, yeah, uh, mid to late 90s. jcities.com/salty. Yeah. Back when like the internet was fresh and new and 
you check out some of the communities revolving around this and it's like, you guys are all fucking idiots. <laughs> like, <laughs> and this seems to be how the things went for the Church of Satan. And I think that's why LaVey maybe got himself caught up in his image a little bit too much. Because it's like, yeah, cool. You used some pretty dumb imagery to like make a good point. Mm. But the people who started following it were like, yeah, fucking Satan. Yeah. <laughs> Evil fucking. It's like, fucking on, you guys have just. Missed the point massively. Missed the yeah. point massively. Turned, turned something that could have been kind of cool if, you know, he had not gone and called everything Satan and Belial. <laughs> but and he, was, shit, he, like. he probably wouldn't have got any cut through. Well, yeah, that's the thing. Yeah. He could have done, he could have tried to do a pivot later. Yeah, yeah. And they go, forget all that Satan stuff. That was just to get your attention. Here's what I've been really teaching, which I think he kind of did. But well, he'd do that while wearing robes and a pentagram. Well, yeah. I mean, the, talking about his pivot, though, he, like he was always upfront about everything. Yeah. He was always like, it's a metaphor. Uh, he was into like some of the same sort of magic stuff, but he didn't believe in magic. He was like, it's a it's psychodrama. You know, mm. it's use the it's it's not a, any sort of energy from outside. It's you're using your own energy, and he'd do these things like black masses, which was just like a parody yeah. of mass. But it was just a way. I think you know, like those th- places where you can go and break plates. It was a bit of it was just like that, right? It was, right. Just, it was like it was a somewhere where you could you know get some aggression out but without hurting anyone if you had a problem with the church then you could you know do a massive churchy piss take kind of i guess almost like bohemian grove kind of a thing go mm. get drunk burn a big owl have a fun little ritual people see it as you being satanist i guess if you yeah yeah he wasn't popping out to the desert to like oh let's bring on a demon yeah yeah so i watched a video of some people burning the satanic bible and it was shot kind of like an Someone was trying to shoot a video in the 90s, like a music video in the 90s, but it was just horrible for like a high school thing. So, you know, weird brown and black tinting kind of a thing, sepia tone kind of a thing. Close-ups of fire and then zooming out and like a narrator and this lady saying she's going to burn the Bible. But they're talking about like, you know, he preaches there's no God and there's no consequences to our actions. And if, if that's the case, no one would do anything good. So if there's no God, what would you do then, you crazy, crazy people? Yeah. So they were really unhappy with that. Uh, I think if these people thought there was no God, they'd be just crazy murderers, I'm assuming. So I guess they assume that he would be. Mm. Uh, and then this person started talking about Marilyn Manson and how like Marilyn Manson was just a one-hit wonder. <laughs> Which is a weird, like I get you can relate Marilyn Manson into this. Yeah. but It's not true. Yeah. No, to grind your axe on him like further than these. Three hits. Yeah, yeah. It's some pretty good songs. So, LaVey wrote this book with some cool ideas in it, but unfortunately, none of them were his. Yep. He ripped most of it off <laughs> <laughs> from like Ayn Rand, Nietzsche, and some bloke called uh, Ragnar Redbeard. Right. Now, Ragnar Redbeard lived- Robo's, 18- Robo's like, pulling his collar. Yeah. He's like, oh, Getting oh. a bit sweaty under <laughs> the collar there, are you, Robo? Old Uncle Redbeard, about to get exposed. Ragnar Redbeard wrote a book called Might is Right, which was basically the same thing as LaVey's thing. I think it's kind of like a stronger survival of the fittest. Do you do you, basically. Mm. Yeah. Libertarian kind of a deal. Yeah. So Libertarian, he, slightly fascist. Sort of thing yeah. Like that. yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think more modern times it's been latched onto by like 
right wing sort of people. Um, but Ragnar Redbeard lived 1842 to 1918. Just a sneaky little New Zealander. Oh, from the town of Westport. Westport, no, New wasn't. Zealand. I know all about him. He was from Westport. Who else do we know that's got a red beard from Westport? Yeah, I don't know. Hey, I know lots of people with red beards from Westport. Do you it's though? A, it's a common trait. <laughs> little ginger Robertson. <laughs> descendants of Ragnar. Um, so Ragnar's real name was Arthur Desmond. Well, they think they can think they tie him back to this guy, Arthur Desmond. Mm. He um, was a Kiwi bloke, moved to Australia for a while, and ended up dying in Palestine. Oh, so that's go. what you've got coming to you, I guess, <laughs> <Robert>. <laughs> It's like a prophecy. Yeah. But yeah, I, most of the stuff in the, I think, the ideas behind the, the Satanic Bible were other people's, and he's just wrapped it up in a Satan-y package. Mm. <laughs> he also wrote Satan-y sequels, uh, yeah. including The Satanic Rituals, The Satanic Witch, The Devil's Notebook, and Satan Speaks. Yeah. Exclamation point on that one. He realized he was onto a, a seller. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so... so too Satan, too furious, which is a, a weird one. <laughs> cut that, terrible. Satan, oh, Tokyo <laughs> Drift. <laughs> Leave it in. I watched some footage of him on uh, Joe Pine's Hot Seat Radio Show. You guys come across this? Uh, yeah, I think I watched that. I well, I watched that in uh, a body language. You know, the we've, we briefly mentioned uh, it before. There's the body language lady. Yeah, who all she does is like watch old interviews or watch you know interviews and then like pauses it every few seconds like look how they move their arm yeah yeah i think she's been kicked off youtube now yeah Sorry. although this one was this on so uh, maybe okay, it was like maybe. a mirror but yeah, yeah. yeah i heard she got kicked off is um is that the interview with the guy and the hosts like smoking or was that a tv show this was also a tv show as well that was, i think it must have been filmed but it was broadcast mostly on radio. He wasn't smoking, but he was this kind of a... I looked him up and he's a bit of a precursor to um, right-wing shock jocks kind of a thing. And LeVay was really eloquent, kind of funny, kind yeah. of thought... So the first couple of questions, the guy was trying to take the piss out of them. Yeah. This might be the same thing. Yeah, I think it is the same okay. thing. He's like, Senzo LeVay, that's got to be some kind of takeoff, right? Yeah, that's, yeah. That's a put-on, right? That's a put-on, right? And, and like, you shake- he gets like uppity about it, but he is a put-on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what are you, from Transylvania? Yeah. Well, actually, some of my family are from Transylvania. They're not. <laughs> <laughs> but like, he just spent the whole time trying to make bad jokes. Like, what are you, from Transylvania? Yeah. Or- uh, you got their robes on. Yeah. He's had a cheap suit. <laughs> it's like it's just like yours. No, it's not. Yeah. Um, but LeVay came across really. He was real chilled, right? Yeah. And just seemed like a normal dude, like normal guy. And and the crowd seemed to be like asking some questions that were actually kind of decent questions. Because LeVay was going on about how he sleeps with a lion. Yeah. He's like, well, how does your wife sleep there? And it's like, oh, the lion's like next to the bed. Okay. That's a yeah. good question. Yeah. yeah. Fair yeah. enough. No, but like, fair enough, you didn't mention that in your first bit. No. You're like, oh, if I can get away with not explaining this. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Joe Pine also was kind of famously had a wooden leg. Uh, and one time I looked up, he was interviewing Frank Zappa, and he said to Frank Zappa, I guess your long hair makes you a woman, to which Zappa responded, so I guess your wooden leg makes you a table. <laughs> fair enough. Other than that, I just got that as both of his... Two of his daughters ended up getting super into the Church of Satan. Uh, one of them's still involved, but the other one's kind of split off and doing some other. She, she, 
She like fully split off. Yeah. And she like doesn't uh, answer to the name LaVey anymore. Yeah. She's, I think it, she's. Zena Shrek. Yeah. And she's the one who Taylor Swift is a clone of, right? Oh, I don't know about that. Yes. Yes. <laughs> right. Her. Yeah. Uh, she does do music. I tried to look some up, but I couldn't find any. No, they replaced Taylor Swift with a clone of LaVey's daughter. Oh, right. Yeah. So look what you made me do. It's one you've probably heard. Yeah. yeah. What else? Mean. I don't know if that was before or after the replacement, though. The replacement might have been what brought on all the edgier material. Her last couple of albums have been pretty edgy. Taylor's dead. Yeah. Yeah. Brought a clone in. Sorry, Taylor can't come to the phone right now. She's dead. She got replaced with Anton LaVey's daughter's clone. So when did this happen? Don't know. What are the signifiers for this? Taylor's material got really raunchy and edgy. That's what I'm saying. Right. And you just have to look at her. And you just look at them side by side. They look very similar. Okay. Yeah. Is this your no, theory? This is a, okay, okay. Yeah, it's so on the internet, it's mate. It's on the internet, mate. The what now? The internet. internet? Yeah. Geocities.com slash <laughs> Taylor Swift is Zisha. So that but they were like, oh, we don't we don't quite get why they've cloned someone who's still alive and replaced Taylor Swift with someone who actually exists somewhere else in the world. Yeah, you could just get Zesha before who's already a performance artist. Yeah. Who yeah. would gladly take on the role of Taylor Swift. Yes. Surely. Yeah. To get out from under that bloody LeVay robe. But yeah. I th- Like, I watched a Bob Larson interview with uh, the daughter and her husband. I think she might still have been in the church at this point. Mm. But Bob Larson was like, uh, you know, do you know Bob Larson? He was, I do not. He was the exorcist in the John Safran versus God exorcism episode. Mm. Uh, but he's like, so your dad really hit upon a gimmick, didn't he? It was really a gimmick. It's like, well, Bob Larson, you're in no position to be. <laughs> but uh, she's like, oh, well, you know, it was to get across the message, which I guess is the whole Anton LaVey yeah. thing. But I think she, I don't think she quit because of like anything bad that happened. I think she just got sick of it, mm. having grown up, like spending her entire life in the Church of Satan. She did leave it for the Church of Set. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Which is a similarly dark themed thing, right? Mm. But then apparently now she's some sort of Buddhist. Well, she, she left bit, it for the Church of Set and then she formed like a off like another offshoot of that. Oh, right. Called like the Sethian Liberation Movement. Yeah. So she's a Tibetan tantric Buddhist teacher, a little bit saucy, and a spiritual leader of the Sethian Liberation Movement, which she, which she founded in 2002. She founded and made herself a spiritual leader. Jeez. Well, if you're going to found something, you make yourself a spiritual leader of it. Yeah, fair enough. Church of Saltyism. Spiritual leader right here. Fair enough. Thou shalt crack inappropriate jokes. <laughs> and have them cut. <laughs> <laughs> Any other LaVey gear? No, I didn't, no it was <laughs> I didn't find anything good on LaVey. Is he just a man whose branding was too good <laughs> yeah. for his own, like... Wielding of it. I yeah. think so. Well, we were talking about his dickhead followers, right? I mean, look at this guy. If this is a picture of you as a teenager, I'm going to be so happy. Oh. This is like Diabolus <laughs> Rex. Right. Oh, why have I heard of this guy? Well, he left the Church of Satan in like 2011 or something. But look at him. He's got his bloody Cleon beard. <laughs> it like dermal implants of horns and a trident on his forehead. And there's an interview with him where they're clearly just in some office space in the back back room of a radio station, and he's talking about all this evil shit and blah blah blah. And it's like, oh, 
It sounds like you've massively run with a ball that maybe wasn't the intention. <laughs> yeah. He's talking about a lot of like demonic stuff. But I think he actually left the Church of Satan because he was very much pro, no, Satan's real, all the demons are real, the devil's real. This is real, guys. Mm. Um, but I think he might have, there seemed to have been, there was a forum I was reading called the 600 Club, I think, where they were talking a lot about the Church of Satan and some cult of the vampire, mm. which were, I think, maybe at loggerheads with each other. Uh-huh. And people were jumping from one to the other. It's a but real then, twilight situation. Yeah. Well, funny you say that because then I think this guy, Diabolus Rex, maybe was trying to start or was trying to stop them from starting a sub-branch of that that's for werewolves. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, guys, come on. <laughs> Thinking the devil and all that's real. It's like, okay, if you, you know, if you're... <sighs> Uh, what's the word? Uh, if your convictions about your religion and stuff are so strong that that's what you feel, good on you. But someone invented <laughs> vampires and werewolves. Someone wrote about them. Yeah. Or did they just write down what it was happening? I feel I feel like myself getting wear pilled in a future episode. Yeah. Stop getting pilled. <laughs> I refuse to. Uh, I did actually find one thing. A guy did this huge video about how there was all these hidden messages in Flash Gordon. Mm. You know that movie. Uh, and he made a lot of the fact that Anton LaVey and Ming the Merciless uh, were quite similar. Yeah, I can see that. And also, like, evil Spock from the Mirror Universe looked a lot like uh, Anton LaVey. Because he had a goatee. Yeah. He <laughs> but uh, he also had, like, apparently there's all this, like, Anunnaki symbolism hidden in Flash Gordon. Mm. Like, Ming the Merciless would wear, like, an eight... I think he was wearing an eight-pointed star or something. He's like, I don't know. It's almost like common shapes mm. that might look a little bit fun if you're putting together some props. Yeah, maybe. Get used in a whole bunch of different things. Yeah, or maybe <laughs> they're like the best way to, you know, just secretly let people in on the Anunnaki is to put it in Flash Gordon. Yeah, no, it's pretty true. I haven't seen that for years. I used to love that movie as a kid. Does it hold up? Um, for this guy, it holds up. He says it's the best movie ever. Who? The oh, this guy? guy? This yeah, video. right. Even though it's got, you know, it's filled with hidden messages from yeah. evil people. He still loves it. Yeah. <laughs> Not even the messages can take this down. Yeah. Now, Anton LaVey seemed like he was actually an okayish guy. Yep. Played a mean organ. Did he? Yeah, there's a video of him playing a circus medley. Yeah, right. Of like, obviously, because he worked in a circus. Yeah. On a Hammond. Well, he loved playing the organ. And I noticed in the was it the last interview he ever did? Yeah. And he finishes it by doing like a it's big organ, organ solo, solo. It's like it's a bit of a Steve Martiny kind of thing to do. It's like I just want to play my uke. It's like now nah, my final interview ever. Make sure you get my organ solo. Yeah. It's like clearly at the end he's like I just want to play my organ. Yeah. But you can see as he evolved, like as he went through his career, he started out like sort of basic trappings and then it got like really campy mm. i feel like he had like little plastic horns or whatever on his yeah, head yeah, yeah and then it like got a little bit self-serious yeah. but at no point was he like and magic is real yeah yeah <laughs> any other news but i think the fact that he wrote a book called the satanic bible that dickheads latched onto including like people who murdered people mm. Uh, that's where it all gets dragged in, even though there's nothing especially evil about him. I don't know if he really earned the title of the most evil man in the world. No, particularly 
when he was active, there's a whole bunch of serial killers running about. Yeah. I'm just going to put this out there, right? Satanic Bible, some some of the messages, messages behind it, pretty all right. If you want to live your life, just live it the way you want. Mm-hmm. Don't worry too much about it. Just don't be a dick. You know what? The normal Bible is sort of the same. <laughs> some but, good stuff in there. A lot of, a lot of Jesus' teachings. Are, yeah. Uh, don't be a dick. Yeah. Be a good person. Yeah. Be good to your fellow man. Do are, you, they, are they that much different? Does the Satanic Bible have like... You know how the normal Bible has a cool Satanic ending? Hmm. Does the sat- Like a really cool metal-y ending? Yeah. Does the Satanic Bible have like a boring sort of folk music ending? <laughs> yeah, I can't remember, to be honest. <laughs> Any other news? Yeah, oh yeah, there's heaps of other news, but no more Anton LaVey. Yeah. Uh, more Q yes. stuff. Uh, I think... And Jason Wilson sent me this this morning. I think there was some sort of spy incident. So a Russian spy was killed. Yeah. Uh, no, sorry, poisoned. Yeah. And his daughter was poisoned. His daughter was visiting him in the UK. Mm. He was a UK spy. He was Russian, but he was spying for MI6 years ago. Got caught. They sent him back over to UK. He's been living out his days under his normal name. His daughter visited, was visiting him yesterday, and suddenly some crazy poison they're both in critical condition, and I think one of the treating emergency, the people that the ambulance officer was also in in a critical condition. So it's probably like a classic Russian radiation murder. Yeah, uh, he's allegedly tied to the steel dossier in some way. So it's 2010 that he was kind of caught. I think so. Mm. Maybe about that time he was active, but yeah. So Q tweeted a couple of times, or like. 4chan a couple times about bridges mm. and bridges of course are where you would exchange a spy yeah if you're doing a spy exchange yeah and so are they exchanging this guy for snowden perhaps yeah who knows no <laughs> uh yeah q's still saying the same thing that the current thing about that is the hillary rodham clinton sex tape which has been... Hello. It's one of those classic, like... Oh, uh, you have our attention. <laughs> fake news things where uh, it was found on Anthony Weiner's computer. and Fucking Weiner. Yeah. <laughs> Weiner's a real thorn on her side. <laughs> um, and I think her and Huma were involved with, like, children doing sex rituals. Right. And apparently... Like, I think body Crowley behaviour. Yeah. And it was clearly just one of those things made up on one of those Russian bloody blogs a year, you know, a year or so ago. Uh, and then Q did one of those cryptic little vid release things, get everyone ready, spread the news. So now, like, people are like, we're going to release the tape. We're going to, oh, she's going to come crashing down. And, yeah, that's kind of the thing they're all excited about at the moment. Uh, Alexander Downer, his, yep. um, his involvement in the whole uh, Trump affair because mm. you know he sort of kicked off like the indictment of uh one of them yeah because someone got like mass he got someone massively wasted and they spilled the beans yeah uh but he had some sort of involvement with like the clinton foundation well the australian government donated money to the clinton foundation while he was foreign minister yeah yeah okay so it's not even as big as him actually having any involvement which would be completely benign if he had yeah so it was i think money for aids research yeah uh i don't know how good or bad the clinton foundation is i am 100 percent sure they're not a satanic sex cult 
Yeah. But like most big foundations, there's probably some not great things that happen. Yeah, I think they fucked up in Haiti. Yeah. yeah. They and killed a villager or two probably. Mm. Mm. I think that... Uh, I think they allegedly they did a bad <laughs> they did a bad job in Haiti and there's probably like a massive amount of like overspending on mm, things happening. Mm. Uh, but Alexander Downer having some sort of involvement with them wouldn't be weird because they're a huge international mm. charity. But yeah, it's even less than that. Yeah, but they're like this calls into question the entire you know no all of these indictments just have to be thrown out. Don't bother investigating anymore. Come on, guys. What's the name of that Trump aide that was going nuts this week? Oh, it's like some, something Nunberg. Yeah. I saw that because I saw, you know, I just saw the classic, I think it's Sam Nunberg or something because mm. I saw people doing like Nan Sunberg. Yeah. And then I like put it to, you know, I reversed the letters myself. Mm. You know, You're pretty I was, clever. I was like, like Newberg? Like, oh, no, it's different. <laughs> like Crowley's buddy, mate. Ah, right. Um, the other thing that happened on the Russia thing, uh, there's more more stuff happening, but the big one is one of Trump's former aides has just gone nuts in the media in the US and is like just going on the TV, just giving all sorts of crazy interviews. One point, a CNN host was interviewing him and she said, I can smell alcohol in your breath. He's like, no, I haven't been drinking. Uh, and she's like, should you be doing this? Anyway, it seems like it's all about to fall apart for old Trumpy dump. And I think the final thing that happened this week that we're going to mention, uh, a couple of dudes in Kentucky mm. been released from prison. Uh, they did 26 years for their part in a uh, satanic murder. Uh, turns out if you actually run the DNA, they had nothing to do with it. Oh. They got massively railroaded. But yeah, 26 years in jail because of this stupid shit. Are these ones that... Didn't get any compensation, or is that someone else I read about this week? Uh, I think no. I think these guys might get compensation because uh, they've. It's not like the uh, West Memphis Three where yeah, yeah. they have to do some weird deal. Yeah, they're like, oh yeah, sorry about that. Twenty six years. That is actually too much for something you clearly didn't. Yeah. Do. <laughs> uh, well, good. Good that they're out. But man, it's a long time. Yeah, for literally just more of the satanic panic stuff. Just goes to show. It goes to show that if you find a pedophile, like a Jimmy Savile, nail them on the pedophile stuff. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Awesome. Let's get them off the streets. Stop that happening. If you find someone that you think is a little bit sus, don't brand them a satanic thing and then brand them with everything else. Yeah. No. To brand them a pedophile. Yeah. If they are. Yeah. If they're not, um, don't do that either. Not just if they're a bit dodgy. No. No. Like if if someone gets murdered, maybe like just leave the satanic thing. Yeah, don't make that your first protocol. Find the murderer. Yeah. So, Mur- so there's an actual murderer has been walking around for 26 years as well. Yeah. While these guys have been rotting in jail. Do you think you'd be a little bit guilty, even if you are a murderer? You're like, oh man. I'd be loving it. You would. Yeah. It says a lot about you. Where can well, people find little, more things about you? Can read you? all about it in this little book, Robo. <laughs> <laughs> when can people, can people find more things if they want to learn more about your psychopathic ways? Uh, they can find us on hypotheticalinstitute.com, Hypothopod on Twitter, or on Redbubble where you can pick up a shirt or a mug. Or a hoodie. Yeah, or on Facebook, iTunes, wherever you get your potties. Robo, they can find you. At Isle of a Time, Isle of a Time.com. That's about it. 
at Saltmarsh on Twitter, Andrew Saltmarsh Illustration on Facebook, and check out the Tohada Patreon. You can find me at Sexenheimer on Twitter, and gather around me for my other podcast on iTunes and Facebook and, you know, all those places. All right. Hail Satan! Don't worry about a thing Except if all our world leaders are alien reptilians Supply contains mind altering drugs. Ooh, don't worry about a thing. Except whether or not Port Arthur was a false flag operation in which to disarm Australia. I said, don't worry about a thing. I accept. You can definitely hear John Lennon say, I buried Paul at the end of Strawberry Fields forever. Ooh, don't worry. Not only did Bush do 9-11, but he also keeps the planes out in Area 51 Which, let's not forget where all of the aliens are Don't worry about a thing Except Donald Trump is clearly a woman and you're just blind if you can't see them Why don't you open